Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Suniko Stroud. With God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. On today's broadcast, we're going to air the message entitled, Growing Pains. You know, it's our job and responsibility to produce much fruit for the kingdom of God. Jesus says, in this is the Father glorified. But there is some pain that is involved with the whole fruit producing process. And we've got to know about that and know what to expect for us to glorify the Lord. There are going to be some great days and some not so good days. But if we are prepared, we'll find joy even in the midst of sorrow. So sit back and relax and enjoy this message entitled Growing Pains right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. And oh, by the way, don't forget to contact us. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and you'll find information about our Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, and just so much more. Or just send us your prayer request right there on the prayer request page or leave a comment. We're not looking to hear from everybody, just to hear from you. So please make sure that you do that today. All right, get ready. Here comes the rich word of God entitled Growing Pains right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him it's all about Jesus. It really is. It's all about him. All right. Well, we're going to continue in, a, in the series that we were in so many weeks ago. Um, talking about uh, the condition of the heart. Remember, there are we can go to Matthew 13. We'll go back to Matthew 13. Just for a moment. Matthew, the 13th chapter. And then we'll go on from there. Matthew 13. We're going to see a lot of things tonight. We're going to see a lot of things tonight. I'm not going to reread Matthew 13, or am I? Pastor Miko, you still got that microphone? Well, we'll let her reread. She's so wonderful. We'll let her reread um, Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9. Praise the Lord. And she'll uh, read that for us. Are y'all ready? Amen. Let's go. Matthew 13, uh, verses 1 through 9. All right, let's go ahead. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Mm -hmm. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parable, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. All right. That was Matthew, thank you. Uh, that was Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9. Remember, I believe the last time we met together on Wednesday night, as we talked about this, we talked about running on a treadmill. You know, running on that treadmill of life, running, 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 but never really going anywhere. Uh, putting out a lot of energy, but never really getting anything back. And Matthew tells us that there are about three different, actually four different types of hearts or conditions of the heart when we hear the word. Like tonight, there are four, additions, four different conditions of the heart when we hear the word. One, 
um, wayside, a wayside hearer, right? This person just disregards the word altogether. Uh, don't worry about it, Deacon. This part, this person just disregards the word of God altogether. Just disregards it. Doesn't understand it. Disregards it. Uh, the second person, the stony heart. Uh, this person already knows. It's tough to, to try to teach somebody something that they already know. Uh, remember, when we're in, in church or, or when you, even when you're out of church, you want to have a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. If your cup is already full, uh, who can tell you anything? Okay? This person has a stony heart. They already know. Yeah, I heard all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard all about that. So they have no, they're not going to hear what you got to say. Okay? First person didn't understand it, wayside. Second person, stony ground, already know. Don't, they don't have a teachable spirit. Uh, the third person uh, has a, a thorny heart, or rather the, 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 word, the, the word or the seed is sown on on ground that has a lot of weeds and thorns, right? And these things come up and, and choke the word. They received it, but they let, uh, what, what do the thorns represent? The thorns represent the cares of life, right? The cares of life, different things that we go through in life, our different problems, trials and tribulations, that all the, and the deceitfulness of riches, the word of God says. You know, the pursuit of pleasures, that's, that's riches really, the pursuit of pleasure. Uh, they let all those things get in the way, and they become unfruitful, right? But one out of three, good ground actually produces fruit. Rather, one out of four, rather. One out of four actually produces fruit. Actually goes on to have some results in life, okay? And that's what we want. We want to have results, right? We want to see some good things come about. Some fruit for our labor, who wants to be working in the fields and, and planting and planting a garden and never see anything come up? Never see any, any okra, any squash or cabbage or maidas. You know, never see the, the watermelon. Never see it. Who wants to keep working and never see any fruit for it? You know, you can work all of your life, work your fingers to the bone and still have nothing. Who wants to do that? We, we need to have fruit that will remain. Isn't that right? Y'all stay with me tonight. Amen. So we talked about these four areas. These, um, the four areas, here again, the wayside, the stony, the thorn, uh, the, the, uh, among thorns, and the good ground. The good ground did produce fruit. These three here, the wayside, stony, and among thorns, did not produce fruit, right? Did not produce fruit. We don't want to be there, right? But the good ground produced fruit. Well, how much fruit did it produce? It says it. Some thirsty, some thirty, right? I said thirsty. Yeah, I could use a, I could use some water. Some thirty, somewhat sixty, somewhat one hundred fold. Thirty, sixty, some one hundred fold. So we talked about these on last time, but tonight we really want to talk about that person that produced fruit. We want to talk about that good ground Christian, the good ground Christian. And we'll really be looking at uh, really growing pains tonight will be the title, growing pains. All right. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of John. And we're going to see a lot of this tonight to the book of John, John 15, uh, starting at verse number one. The Lord says, I am the I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away in every branch that beareth fruit he purges it that it may bring forth what more fruit he says in verse 3 now ye are clean through the word which i have spoken unto you abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me i am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. 
If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. All right. That was John, the first chapter, verses one through uh, verse verses uh, one through eight. Now, there are four different stages here, four different stages of fruitfulness that we just read here in John 15 chapter, four different stages, just like there are four different stages of, of uh, the or four different categories of of um, of seed being four different hearts. We can say uh, like in, like we said in in what we just read to go in Matthew 13, four different wayside, stony ground, thorn among thorns, good ground. Here in John, this is extremely important. I pray that you don't let the enemy snatch his way that you hear this. Here in John, the 15th chapter, we see there are four conditions as well. There is no fruit. There is fruit. There is more fruit. And there is much fruit. The, the Lord Jesus says specifically in verse number eight, he says, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Glory does not come to God when we bear no fruit. Glory does not come to God when we bear fruit. It does not come to God when we bear more fruit. It comes to God when we bear much fruit. Okay, this is a progression. This is why I have these arrows. This is a progression from no fruit to fruit, more fruit to much fruit. This is our goal to bear much fruit. Okay, look at the parallel there. No fruit, nothing there. Fruit, 30 fold. More fruit, 60 fold. Much fruit, 100 fold. Which means that God gets the maximum return uh, of the seed that he's sown in your life. He gets the maximum return. 100% that's the maximum return. Maximum return. And that's what he wants from us. He wants the maximum value of the effort or the labor that he has sown into our hearts. Okay, he wants the maximum amount. So we shouldn't stop here at 30 at fruit because God's not getting the glory. He's not getting the glory, glory with more fruit developing. He's only getting the glory with much fruit. Okay. Jesus said that himself herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, getting from the no fruit stage and we're going to find out who these people are that are the no fruit people. You don't want to be among the no fruit people. Okay. We're going to find who are the, who are the no fruit people. We're going to find, and we're going to find really where we are in this category between fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Okay. There is something that divides these three categories. And we're really going to, um, be in the place when we are really glorifying to God. When you're glorifying to God, even the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. When you're glorifying to God, when your life is a glory unto him, uh, even your enemies will be at peace with you when you're pleasing to the Lord. Are you hearing? Amen. Now, let's look back at verse number one. He says, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. Now, so the Lord gives us some imagery here. Uh, he gives us some imagery. Let me see where I can put that. Let me put it right here and draw this on the board for you. I'm just going to do this for now. He says that he is the vine. Okay, that's the ground. He is the vine or the trunk. Okay, and trunk of the tree, we can say. And we are the branches. Okay. Now, that is very good. This this talks about a we'll really get into this more of this in verse number five and six. This is extremely powerful. And I pray that you hear this. The Lord, first of all, states the nature of our relationship. He said, I am the vine here again. This this would be Jesus. I mean, the trunk of the tree here would be Jesus. OK, 
He said, my father, I'm not going to draw a person. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. Help me. My father is the husbandman, okay? He's one here, and I'm going to try to draw some scissors in his hand. That's the best that I can do, okay? He said, I'm the vine. We are the branches here. Let me do this here. Jesus is the, the trunk of the tree, and we are the branches, okay? That's us. All right? Where does fruit grow on a tree? Does it grow on the trunk of the tree? It grows where? On the branches, okay? Now, God limited himself. He limited himself. If he wants fruit to grow in the earth, now this fruit this fruit is uh, righteousness. This is good works. We're going to talk about that. This is people being saved. This is you flowing in your gifts and callings. Okay. This is you making an impact on society, on the culture today. Okay. This is you making a mark that cannot be erased in life. If God wants to get that in the earth, he has bound himself in such a, to such a degree that he can't or that he won't do it himself. But he'll have to filter his desire out through a branch, and that branch will produce the fruit that will fall on the ground and change society. Okay? The branch, or rather the trunk of the tree, the vine, does not bear fruit. It is the branches that bear fruit. Okay? In that, we have a, we have a, I guess you could say a, a symbiotic relationship in that uh, we can't do it without God, and God won't do it without us. We can't do this without him, and he won't do it without us. Okay, now that's powerful. He has bound himself to that degree that he's placed himself in a position where he needs you. He needs those that will avail themselves to him to allow his fruit to grow out of them that will change the culture. Somebody said, well, God's in full control. Why won't God do something? Why won't God do something? Why won't God change this? Why won't God do? Well, he is. But how is he doing it? He's going to find somebody to work through to bring forth change, to bring forth that fruit that will allow that fruit to grow on their lives that will fall and that will change society. Okay. He has created this relationship himself. Remember, this relationship really came from the uh, Garden of Eden where the Lord told uh, Adam and Eve, you know, have dominion, have dominion. You have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, over the planet. You have dominion. You have control. God said, I'll create everything. Now you control. You have dominion. You enforce my will in the earth. Okay, the fruit grows off of where? The branches. And who are the branches? We are. So if God wants something changed in our home, in our workplace, in our community, he's going to use somebody to do it. Amen. Okay, are we, are we getting there? Are we, are we there? Amen. I want you to understand this. So he said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Okay, here's God standing off to the side. Husbandman, the caretaker, the gardener, if you will. Okay, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, here's his first group, that beareth not fruit, right? He said, he taketh away in every branch that beareth fruit. Okay, we'll stop right there for a second. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, that does not bear fruit. Now, let's look at this in terms of verse number six, because he brings it right back up here in verse six. Verse six says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and is withered and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now, I want you to see this. The no fruit people are those that hang around the things of God. The no fruit people are those that can even say, I know Jesus. I go to church. I read my Bible. I try to pray on a consistent basis. They are really works driven, but they have never truly received Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
You understand? They've never truly been converted. They've hung around. They may have chosen Christianity as a religion. Well, I want to be a Christian because I like the teachings of Jesus. And it is possible to hang around, but never get Jesus on the inside. Never truly submit your heart and life to him. Okay, now you need to understand that. Remember, this is why Jesus said, in the last days, many will say to him, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this for you and didn't we do that for you? And Jesus will uh, tell them or declare to them, uh, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. They were a generation of people that did stuff for him, but they never engaged him. They, they never invited him in. They never received him as Lord and Savior. They never submitted their lives to him. There's a difference. Okay? So, this is this no fruit people. Now, I want you to see this. What happens to the no fruit people? Every branch in me. Now, notice it says every branch in me. They are connected to the vine. They're connected, but there is nothing that is flowing from the vine into them. You would see them as dead branches. You have seen a dead branch on a tree before? It's dead and withered. It's, it's just hanging on. There's no life in it because life is not flowing from the trunk into the branch. So it's, it's there on the vine, but no fruit will ever grow from it because it's not receiving from it. This is why we can be sitting in church. And here again, here are these people. You can be sitting in church and say, I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. Why? Because I don't want to change. Remember the Lord said that about the wayside people? At least their hearts will be converted. So I can sit under the word. But I, I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. I don't want to change. I like my life where it is. Or stony people, stony hearts. Uh, yeah, I already know all about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're saying is not going to change my opinion. Or thorny ground. Oh, it's a good, good word. Oh, they receive it with joy. They receive it with joy, but cares of life come and deceitfulness of riches, pursuit of pleasure, pursuits of this life, choke the word, becomes unfruitful. These are those that are among the no fruit people. Okay? It is all in how they have handled the word of God. All in how you handle the word of God. Is it estranged to you? Or is it something that we pull in and we deeply keep it within us? Okay? The no fruit people. God says, well, those people, he said, uh, every branch in me that beareth no fruit is taken, rather, he taketh away. So, let's do this for a moment. This branch with no fruit on it. The Father will take that away. Eventually, this will be taken away and you won't even see their place there anymore. Okay, whether it's out of the fellowship or out of your life. Okay, he eventually takes those away. God take those away. Okay, I'm not saying he's going to kill them with the bolt of lightning and all that kind of crazy stuff. But there will be, they will be absent. They will become absent in your life. If we are truly born again, born of God, okay, and we are attached to Jesus, okay, you will find that God will take different relationships away or allow different relationships to float away what happened to so-and-so i don't know he will allow them to float away okay because they are they um their attachment is actually hurting uh or can hurt our condition that's why the lord takes them away listen to the second stage of this he says in every branch that beareth fruit all right that's the fruit category here now Every branch that beareth fruit. What happens? Okay, we're, we're bearing fruit. He said, every branch of me that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it bringeth forth, what? More fruit. Okay? So we've talked about the no fruit, right? Now we're on the fruit, and we are progressing to more fruit. Now there is something... In between the two. Okay? Look at this. There is something. He says, every branch, uh, every branch that bringeth forth fruit, he purges it. God purges it. The word purge there means to prune, right? It means also to clean, purify. 
um, he purges it so that it will bring forth more fruit. Now, listen, let me uh, let me change the script just for a moment here. Let me look at this point out just one single branch for a moment. Because most of us are right here. Here's the trunk of the tree and there's that one single branch. It's doing well. That is, it is bearing fruit. But there is something else that is growing on it. Something else that is growing on it that is preventing it or hindering it from producing more fruit. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There is something growing on it. Okay, here's, here again, here is the, um, the branch here. It has fruit, but there are some things growing on it that are pulling life from it, that are preventing it from developing more fruit, the next stage. More fruit is actually in the vine. It's in there. The more fruit is in there. But here are some things that are growing on it that is preventing it from producing more fruit. Are you hearing? Are we there? Are we there? What is growing on you? What is growing on you that is preventing you from producing more fruit? Let's make this applicable just for a moment. What's growing on you? Now, listen, these branches that God has to, he says he has to purge or prune or cut away. He said, I've got to, here's God with the uh, scissors there with the um, hedge trimmers. He's got to cut, cut these things off of us so that we can bring forth more fruit. Okay, these things are these things are not growing off of someone else. It's not definitely not growing off of the trunk of the tree. It's growing out of us. We are giving these things life. We are giving these things time. We're giving them attention. It's coming out of us. And God says he doesn't tell the branch. He doesn't tell the branch. You take this off of yourself. No, he says that he will cut it off. He will cut off the things uh, in our lives that are choking us or that are hindering us from producing more fruit. Are you hearing what's being said? Now, these things can be relationships. These things can be habits. They can be addictions. They can be just simply sins. Whatever we are powering, whatever we find ourselves doing. And the Holy Spirit has been telling us what these things are. But listen, the Lord is not telling us to use our sheer willpower to make us stop producing these things. But if you say, well, I will not do so and so anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. What you find yourself doing? You find yourself doing that. Why? Because you're actually, uh, the strength of, uh, uh, the strength of sin is the law. You bringing law back to yourself over and over and over and over again. The Lord does not say you do the work. The Lord says, I will do it. He says, I will cut it off of you. What he asks from us is simply submission. Submission to his will. And we'll look at this. He's asking for submission to his will. Now, here again, within us, and most of us are right here, within us we have the capacity to produce more fruit. We can be more fruitful to the kingdom of God. But that's not where we want to stop. We want to go on to what? Much fruit. But between fruit and more fruit is these other things that God's got to cut away and cut off. And the Lord said that he will do it. He said, my father will cut off. My father will cut them off. Now, God can uh, delete a relationship or cut off a relationship or cut off a certain thing in our lives. And don't you know we have the ability to grow it right back? 
Y'all not talking to me. I don't know why. We have the ability to grow it right back. Okay? Lord said, okay, I'm going to cut it away from you. I'm going to deal with this thing that is holding you back. See, and it may not be a sin. It may be, um, well, the Bible talks about uh, sins uh, that so easily beset us. Uh, but it may not be a besetting sin, but it may be um, emotional things. It, it may be uh, unforgiveness. It may be pride. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It may not be getting drunk every Friday night. But it may be, like I said, the uh, uh, wrong emotional attachments. It, different other things that we get ourselves involved with that need to be cut off. You understand? So the father says that I will deal with this and I will cut this off. Now, this process may take a while. It may take God a while to get you from fruit to more fruit. Okay. But that really is contingent upon us. Now, here again, the father is going to uh, cut off these things. He's not telling us to uh, get rid of these things through our sheer willpower alone. You're going to just force it. You're going to make it happen. You're going to make yourself stop this, huh? You're going to put this down, huh? You're going to do it. Most often cases when somebody puts something else down, if they're doing it through their flesh, what? They'll pick something else right back up. They'll just replace it. The Lord, what? The Lord cuts off one branch, but then another one go right back out. I mean, cuts off one um thing on us and, and, and something else to go right back we'll we'll just simply replace it okay when we do it but when god does it we allow him to do it he'll remove it all together he'll remove it all together but it will take time what why will it take time because this really this really when god takes all this stuff away uh this really talks about really one word and that is trust because you're going to have to trust God to replace the thing that has been giving you comfort for quite a while. Because these things that have been growing on us, we, we allow them to grow because they're bringing us some sort of comfort from um, the torment or the tortures or the trials of life. Whether someone goes and shoots up, smorts, snorts up, dance up, shoot, whatever. You know, whatever we do. Are y'all hear what I'm saying to you? Use that as a comfort device, comfort device. Okay. And what we're saying, God saying, he's saying, let me have that. Let me have that. But we say, Lord, I've, I've had such a long time. I've done this. I've done this. And we are resistant to let it go fully. It's kind of like the person who always says, you know, well, I'm going to have to have a spare. I saw a television show some time ago, and this lady on there always had to have a spare. She had two of everything, two mops, two brooms. She even had two boyfriends, two this and two that, two that. She always had within her mind, I have to have a spare. If this one doesn't work, I've got a backup. I've got to have a spare. I've got to have a backup. I can't trust this one. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Okay, so this trust here, this is trust. God, if I let you have this, then what's going to comfort me? God, if I let you have this, if I stop gossiping, Lord, you know how it feels when I gossip. I feel so good. But after it's done, I wish I hadn't said it. But in the meanwhile, it feels so good, Lord. Oh, I just love telling home people. Oh, but if you let God have that, then there comes that hole. Oh, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Now we cry out to the Lord to meet the need. Whatever that thing was meeting, whatever need. Remember, we talked about that before, but there, there are some real needs that sin is trying to meet. It can't fill the hole. It can't fill it. But it can give you the, um, it can give you the illusion that it's going to take care of the need, but actually it just leaves you empty and uh feeling bad it never fills it up it never meets the need it never satisfies but it actually just leaves you here again it, it leaves us feeling empty and re and feelings of regret are you hearing so in order to get all this stuff off we're gonna have to god's not saying let's use sheer willpower alone he's saying simply you're gonna have to trust him you're gonna have to trust him
you're going to have to trust them. I know I've known some young young ladies who would go out and and they would just I've they've I've seen some in churches that would ooh, Lord that would really wear some stuff. You know, they say, well, I've got to put this on to attract a man. I got to put some, but you understand the man that you attract like that is not the one that you want to, that's the one that you want to have. I've, I've, I've known, I've seen some, I mean, up in the church, I'm like, oh God, oh God, really? Really? Oh Lord. In that no fruit category, are you with me? Like, oh, Lord. But, you know, give them benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't have anything else to wear. Maybe they said, well, I'll just come on. But I kind of doubt that. But that's between them and the Lord. Okay. Not judging. Just making a statement. All right. So this is an area of trust. When God cuts off something, we can't or we shouldn't allow it to grow back. How many of us have been, quote unquote, delivered of something? God, you know, God took it away from you. You know, God took it away from you. And you went for a while, but then we picked it back up. What's happening? It grew right back out of us. So what 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 is God going to do? He's still in that process of purging, still in that process of cleaning, because his goal is to get us from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. So if we want God to be in a perpetual cutting stage, perpetual, perpetually cutting. Now he's patient and he will perpetually do it. He'll cut it. He'll cut it. He'll cut it. But we're slowing down the process of bringing him much glory. Are you hearing? So he wants us really just to trust him. Now there are some verses of scripture that I'm gonna give you that we're gonna have to close out for this evening. Hebrews 12 and 1, you can make a note of this. We mentioned this a moment ago. It says, um, Hebrews 12 and 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He says, let's lay aside the sin. Lay it aside. In other words, Trust him. Lay it aside. Trust him. Trust him to do what? Trust him to fill up that hole, that space. Trust him. Let us lay it aside. In James 4, verse number 8, it says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. What is he saying before cleanse hands and, and purify heart? He says, draw near to him. Draw near to him. Before we attack the problem, let's draw near to the Lord. Okay, remember, this is an, this is an issue of trust and really of submission. Trust and submission that will bring us from fruit to more fruit. And uh, I love this last one here, Romans eight thirteen. Very good. It says, for if... We live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the spirit, if you through the spirit, if you through the spirit do mortify, that is put to death, the deeds of the body, you shall live. Putting to death those evil desires or evil deeds of the body through the Holy Spirit. Not through your willpower, not by saying, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. That's not going to work it. Okay. Uh, you can go through life. Uh, okay. The example I gave a moment ago, this very good. I can give you this example. We can go through life saying, Lord, I'm not going to look. 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 But you saying, I'm not going to do this is really just avoiding the main issue because there is something in you that wants to do it. That's the issue. Are we understand? It's not going through life with blinders on covering our eyes saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's not even the issue. If we take away the desire, the desire for whatever we're not wanting to see, if we take away that desire, then there will be no reason 
to look. Or if we see it, it won't bother us. Okay? That's why in some of those uh, action movies, uh, the people always, you know, if there's an armored car with, or armored limousine or something, this is kind of graphic, forgive it. <clears throat> but if there's an armored limousine with a chauffeur and, and the bad people in the back, the sniper will try his best to take out the driver. You take out the driver, then the limo will roll and poof. It's always some big explosion. Okay? So here again, for us to say, I'm not going to look at this. Or I'm not going to do it. I'm, mm, I'm not, 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 not. You're not even helping the problem. You're actually adding more fuel to it. What we should more concentrate on is why we want to see it. Concentrate on what is this desire in me for it. And giving that desire over to the Lord with trust and really submission. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Or else this will continue to grow. It will continue to grow off of you. All right. So here again, the Bible says in, in Romans 8, 13, he said, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit. Remember, the Lord told uh, Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. But it has to be done through the spirit. Are you hearing? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up now. So here again, we've gone from we've looked at uh, the no fruit, no fruit people. Those were people that were that didn't even understand the word in the wayside there, Matthew 13, right? Those are people that had the stony hearts. Oh, I already know. They don't have a teachable spirit. Ah, yeah, 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 uh-huh, yeah, 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 preacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it time to go yet? The stony hearts. Or those that receive the word with joy, with Anon, receive the word with joy. Yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. But the cares of life, the worries, the pursuit of pleasure choke that word and they become unfruitful. No fruit. Then we talked about having good ground. The word that is sown on good ground will produce 30, 60, some 100 fold. We find here in uh, John, John 15 chapter that we see a parallel here between no fruit, fruit, more fruit and much fruit. Here again, God will purge us. He will cleanse us of the things that are hindering us from producing more fruit. Okay? So this is where a lot of us are right here. A lot of us are right here in this stage right here. Right here. Right here. We're battling. We're battling with trust and submission. God, I've had this. I've done this for quite a long time, God. Then you say that you will supply all of my needs, but God, what if you don't come through fast enough? See, that's one thing about that old sin the devil gives you is instant gratification. Here, here, you can get it instantly. You know who to call, you know where to go, you know what to do, you know what to buy instantly, and you'll get that, you get that, it's a relief that comes over. It's a, it's a relief that comes over instantly. But God says, he said, Lord, I need it, need it, need it. But God do like this. Okay. But God, I need, I need, need it. Okay. But Lord, I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. I feel I got an itch. I got an itch, Lord, I got an itch. Okay. And then he'll slowly give it to you. Because what he's doing in the waiting time, he's burning up that desire in you. He's burning it up in you. He's burning it up in you. He's burning it up in you. It has to be burned out. It has to be burned out. But here again with that same need... You say, oh, I got need, I got need. What's the devil do? Here. Here. He's ready. He's Johnny on the spot. Here. Here. He's ready to give it to you. He's ready to give it to you. Remember what the devil is selling. Uh, it promises to, to meet the need. It promises to meet the need. But actually all it does is make the hole even deeper. It makes you crave for it even more. And it leaves you feeling regret at the end. Yeah. Are you understanding? It's kind of like if you're thirsty, you go get a, I mean, let's say you've been outside cutting grass or doing yard work and somebody gives you Coca-Cola to drink. Well, it feels good for the moment, but how do you know you're going to feel thirsty in just a, just a little bit? Just, 
you still want something to drink. It doesn't really hit it. Huh? Like some ice cream. It, it, I mean, it feels good for the minute, but it, but it ends you. That's right. It makes you thirsty. You got to have some water behind it. You got to make makes you thirsty. So that's what the enemy does. He wants to make you thirsty, more thirsty for what he has. And let's try to close out. Okay. And so we see here, uh, verse number two again, every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Listen, he says, now you are clean through the word. How is God going to cleanse us? How is he going to cut us? How is he going to take those things away? Through the what? Through the word. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. See, right now, right this very moment, a cleansing word is going forth in the atmosphere. Right now, right at this very moment, the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with you about these little issues that are growing off of us. Right this very moment, uh, God is, he has his pruning shears and he's dealing with you about that thing that is growing off of you. Can I get an amen in here? Right now, as you're in the atmosphere, Jesus saying, you are cleansed. Now you are clean. Through the word which I have spoken unto you, because it begins to deal with that area. In verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Remember we said that this relationship between uh, the trunk of the tree, the vine, and the branches, uh, this is something that God made. He could have had fruit to grow off of the trunk of the tree. He could have had that happen. He's God. But he made it in such a way as that we need him to produce the fruit and he needs us. Are you with me? He has bound himself to us. Ooh, Lord, I'm, you're wise and all. I thank you. Lord, you have bound yourself to me that I would act right and produce fruit. Obviously, he has to know more than me, more than us, right? He knows that eventually we'll get it together and we'll produce the much fruit that he wants in the earth today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He's wise. He's wise. He's wise. So he, if I, if we would say God is a gambling man, boy, I would say that's a gamble. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You want to, you want what to happen in the earth? And you want me to grow the fruit, the much fruit that will glorify your name here? Amen. Oh, God, but I'm scared. But I got all this other stuff growing on me. He said, I'll wait on you. Because he knows what's in you. You see what I'm saying? That's the relationship that he cultivated, that he planted. He planned for us to do this. All right. Are y'all getting this? All right. He said, verse five, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. All right. So now we're at the much fruit. Now, how do we get from we know how to get from fruit to more fruit, right? That's that purging that takes place there, right? That's that's going through trust and submission to the Lord. Trust and submission, not using our willpower. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. No, no, no. You just messed up altogether. That cycle will continue. But we're going to have to trust the Lord for these changes in our lives. Trust him to take these things away from us. Ask him, Lord, prune that. Cleanse me of these things. Some things we know that are growing on us. Uh, we may know that anger or jealousy or envy or unforgiveness is growing on us. We may know it. And we ask God to take these things from us, right? He's waiting right there with his pruning shears. He's, he's, he's ready to take it off of you. Okay? Then we ask him to help us not to grow it back again. Okay? So we know what's happening between fruit and, no, and more fruit. But then as we continue to let him cleanse us and we get all these things away, then we graduate up to much fruit that will bring the Lord glory, that will bring him much glory. So he said, now, how do we do that? He said, if you abide in me and my word, let's look at this in verse, um, what verse are we in? In verse eight, he said, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. But before that, verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. 
So how do we get from more fruit to much fruit? Abiding in that word. We got to receive the word, abide in Jesus, and his word abides in us. I have a little, my little drawing here. If the Lord, I know, help, help me, Lord, help me, right? He's my little circle, and this man is in the circle. You see, the circle is red, and there's red inside of the man, right? We abide in the Lord. Now, he goes on down and talks about abiding in his love. We abide in the love of God, and his word abides in us. Why is it important that we abide in the love of God? The love of God says no condemnation. Okay, meaning that the father saying, I love you so much that my love goes beyond your faults and it sees your need. The love of God, if we abide in his love, not abide in his condemnation, we abide in his grace, not abiding in law. As we abide in him, trusting in him, the Lord even says that he, he will give you what's called asking power. You be able to Ask what shall issue. Ask the Father in my name. That shall I do. Are you hearing? Oh, there is just so much more. So abiding means really unbroken fellowship. No hidden sins. No unrepented sins. No secret sins. I'm not telling you to get the microphone and, and blab, blab it all over the church. I'm not telling you to go on Channel 5 News either. But I'm telling you, be honest with God. Don't hide it from him. No um, unbroken fellowship. Abiding him means unbroken. Abiding in him means no unbroken fellowship. It means to um, continue in love, not condemnation. And we're going to produce that wonderful fruit, that much fruit that will glorify the Lord. We're going to have to take more of this later. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Yeah. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Amen. I'm telling you. The Lord really does love you. He really does love you. In all of our faults and in all of our failures, all of our insecurities, He really does love us. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.